Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Sports, man. Sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bickley and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Good morning and a happy Wicked Wednesday to everybody in the Valley. What is happening? Vince Morata, Jared Carlin, Sarah the Ruthless Gazelle, and I am Dan Bickley. And here we're going to start with a question, Vinny. Has an American sports star ever been born from a kick in the cradle? Normally, a kick in the cradle prevents birth, is what I was told. Right, (laughs) right. But we might have witnessed that yesterday, didn't we? How legendary is that? (laughs) (laughs) Legendary. Can I I bring this up, though? The whole thing is inaccurate. Mm. Christian Pulisic scored the goal for the United States team. In the process of scoring the goal, he took a kick to the cradle. Right. Ended up leaving. contusion. Pelvic contusion. Great name for a punk band. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh You know, he ends up going to the hospital. They end up winning. He's going to be okay. Yeah. But all of this recollection of it was Christian Pulisic. What an absolute hero. Sacrificing his (laughs) groin Uh for the good of the Uh World Cup team. It wasn't presented to him before he made that move. I'm going to get my my cradle kicked if I do this. He didn't fly in groin first. But he did not. He did did run face into fan, if you know what I mean. He did. Yeah, right? How about that? He deserves credit for that. How about that? I'll never forget in Hawaii. So we're we're hanging out on the beach. It's me and a couple families, and they've got their kids, and we've got our kids, and there's a couple of uh, their kids who are very athletic, and then my oldest is with them hanging, and we're flinging a football around, and we're backing up and throwing it farther and farther and farther and a throw kind of short hops my son boom right in the the cradle right down goes cameron (laughs) and i remember going oh this poor kid i know this feeling it's a rite of passage oh (laughs) yeah and that's what we witnessed yesterday a dude who became lionized for scoring a great goal a huge goal a game-winning goal and for sacrificing the jewels to do so and i know i just thought it was funny this long debate and i don't think there's an answer to this debate because we just don't know women go through childbirth men cannot relate it's the i think it's the closest thing men have to the childbirth Uh, argument i I think it falls completely short but it's one of those things that you think? will never be known by the other side. Yeah. Because it, I, it doesn't take much. Listen, I, <laughs> pass, I passed a kidney stone in the days Ooh. before you could zap them. And, Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've been through the male equivalency of childbirth. Ooh. It was not fun. Yeah, I mean, and you guys have... You know, sat through my song parodies. So, yeah. and that is, so yeah, that is quite something too. That's something every uh, every gender can relate. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The pain I, felt in that experience. I would like to be hospitalized next time Jarrett plays one of his songs. <laughs> <laughs> Start the show, Jarrett. <laughs>
splash. splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The splash. Cannonball. Cannonball coming. Cannonball coming. The splash. Brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Oh, it was nerve wracking, but the United States men's national team threw to the knockout round of 16 at the 2022 World Cup in Qatar. Christian Pulisic's goal in the 38th minute through nine plus, uh, then nine plus minutes of stoppage time, U.S. beat Iran 1 nothing to advance. Sixth time the Americans have advanced past the group stage, including their third straight. They did it in 2010 and 2014, but we'll leave out the 2018 Cup because they weren't there. Uh, the Americans will take on the Netherlands on Saturday in a round of 16 game. The Netherlands won Group A, moving on with Senegal. England won Group B, that's the United States group, moves on with the U.S. Uh, after their win over Wales yesterday. Pulisic, by the way, of course we talked about it, was injured while scoring the game's only goal taken to a hospital but posted on social media that he'd be fine for Saturday's round of 16 matches. Yeah, it was uh, It was a very uh, interesting, intense viewing experience, yeah, wasn't it? It, 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 it was, was. Yeah, I look forward to chatting about that match. Yeah. The one nil match. The one nil match, right? Exactly. <laughs> On the pitch, mm-hmm. <laughs> wearing the kits. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, the Phoenix Suns put their five-game winning streak on the line tonight in a home game against the Chicago Bulls at Footprint Center. Suns Bulls. back home after knocking off the Sacramento Kings Monday night. Phoenix 14-6 and on the year, top record in the Western Conference. Their 11-1 and home record is the best in the entire league. The Bulls come in a disappointing 9-11 and on the year, but they've won three of four, including road wins on this trip in Milwaukee and Utah. Chris Paul still not back for the Suns. He will miss his 11th straight game with a heel injury. Tip-off tonight, 7 Pre-game coverage starts at 6.30 on the Arizona Sports app and 98.7. Phoenix Suns getting a lot of national love in the last couple of days. Have you noticed that, Vinny? Yes, and a lot of social media finger-pointing. For the, uh, well, for the post-game yeah. workout stuff yeah, again. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we, we saw that coming. Yeah. Doing squats in a towel... Yeah, you're you're is, you're just asking it is for a mockery. Little weird. You're asking for mockery <laughs> when you do that. Let's let's just be honest about this. Yeah. Dangerous game. <laughs> that is a dangerous yes, game. Yes, it is. It's like mopping your garage floor barefoot. Oh no! <laughs> and, you know, would, and we know how that worked who out. Who would for do me. such a thing? Me. Uh, the Tempe City Council voted seven nothing in favor of all three parts of the Coyotes' two point one billion dollar arena NFL uh, entertainment development deal after a meeting two. Tuesday. Now, uh, they'll gather signatures for a referendum and a vote coming in a special election on May 16th. Vinny had a great I thought we were already at this yeah, point, I, weren't I, we? I, I think it was you who had this line yesterday. Um, and, and when this new arena does open, if it does open, the first name in the Ring of Honor should be Gary Bettman. They should retire his number. They should retire his number. They're, they're not voting now for six months? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Things take time, Jarrett, apparently. Uh, Cardinals on their bye week, of course. There's a new episode of Hard Knocks on this evening, so if you're having trouble sleeping, I recommend tuning in. Uh, there was some television programming news around the NFL yesterday. The Denver-Kansas City game uh, that was to be played on Sunday Night Football in Week 14 on December 11th has been flexed out of that slot and will be replaced by the Dolphins-Chargers game. Think about it this way. The NFL has taken one of its premier stars and most watchable attractions in Patrick Mahomes off the big stage because Russell Wilson of the Broncos continues to have more bathrooms in his mansion than touchdown passes this season. Wow. Can you believe that? No. 
No, I cannot. Chargers-Dolphins is a better game, but we're talking about Patrick Mahomes here. The darling of the NFL. Yeah. Listen, there's a whole bunch of great games this weekend. I should look at the schedule. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, there's there's some good stuff happening this yeah. weekend. Uh, new college football playoff rankings are out the second to last edition heading into this weekend's conference championship games. Georgia remains the top seed, followed by Michigan, TCU, and USC moves into the fourth spot. Ohio State is fifth and Alabama is sixth. Interesting to note because uh, neither the Buckeyes or the Crimson Tide can suffer any damage to their respective resumes because neither yeah. team is playing in a conference championship. And game. a lot of people are kind of freaked out about this. I, I really think that USC is in jeopardy if they lose. I think that's how I, Ohio State gets back in. I don't know if Alabama can get back in. The, they don't, Two losses, one good win. What if, uh, what if Kansas State beats TCU? I, I think TCU stays in. I think Michigan loses and stays in. I think Georgia loses and stays in. Georgia yeah. definitely loses and stays in. And Michigan. I agree and Michigan. Michigan losing to Purdue, a four-loss team? After smoking yeah, but they Ohio couldn't State. Put, yeah, they couldn't put Ohio State in ahead of Michigan. Right. That, USC is definitely the vulnerable y- team. USC is the Why vulnerable Why Ohio State one. didn't lose to Purdue? <laughs> they lost to Michigan by 20. It's just, it just people are freaked out by this brand name of Alabama, and if they're just lurking, and it would just seem so corrupt and yucky yeah. if they slid back into a college football play. Yeah, the Heisman Trophy finalists have been announced. Surprise, surprise, they're all quarterbacks. Ohio State, C.J. Stroud, USC's Caleb Williams, and Tennessee's Hendon Hooker, the three finalists for the award that will be handed out on December 10th. Uh, the Arizona State Sun Devils basketball team, this is this is turning into quite the story, by the way, uh, won't take the floor again until tomorrow night in Boulder against Colorado. They will not have forward Marcus Bagley with them. Bagley has not played in the last five games the Devils have played due to injury or coach's decision. Tomorrow night, apparently it will be because of suspension. Bagley tweeted over the weekend that he made a mistake and said some things to head coach Bobby Hurley that he shouldn't have said after the NAU game, but he was healthy and eager to play. Hurley told us on this show yesterday that he would speak to Bagley about the tweet and that there are just no minutes for him to play in the rotation right now. Apparently they met. Bagley tweeted he got suspended for the initial tweet. And then followed it up with another tweet that said, Athletes, please, please, please make a well-thought, thorough decision where you go to school. These people will tell you anything to build you up just to tear you down. He then deleted that tweet. I think it's safe to say, if I was a betting man, Bick, I would say we don't see Marcus Bagley on the floor again. For yeah, I, yeah. Listen, this whole thing has been bizarre. The airing of dirty laundry, I, I don't know what this young man was hoping to accomplish. I don't I just, know either. It seems like such a counterproductive move. It was weird. Like, he was taking culpability for saying something to the coach that he shouldn't have said, but then, but then made it a thousand times worse. worse. This is a guy who thought he'd be in the NBA by now, though. Yes. He, he never planned on playing multiple years at ASU, and now that he's not even getting That's the chance to, the to showcase himself. Multiple? He isn't even playing multiple years That's at ASU. That's what I mean. He's sitting. <laughs> He's played in three seasons now. He's played a total of 17 games. Yeah, he thought he was a one and done for sure. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. There you go. There is your spot. Oh, by the way, GCU hoops won last night over Alcorn State, 80-72. to 72. They moved to a 6-2 on the year. There's your splash for Wednesday, November 30th, the final day of November. <laughs> yeah, what's the matter, Vinny? I'm so stressed about Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> That's the spirit. Yeah. That's the spirit. <laughs> 
Coming up next, mm-hmm. the uh, Phoenix Suns looking to extend their winning streak tonight, but there's a lot of other moving pieces going on with this organization. We'll get into some of them next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Chris is he's close. He's coming back. He'll be back. I, I can't tell you he'll be back tomorrow, but uh, he's he's been looking good, and and we're still taking the long view with him. Uh, from day one, we've said that uh, when our guys are, are eligible to play, when they're they're available, they're completely available, which means no restrictions, uh, nothing mentally, physically to hold them back. Uh, and so he's getting there, and, and once he gets there, you'll know. That is James Jones, the president of basketball operations of the Phoenix Suns, speaking yesterday in a media availability on the um, availability of Chris Paul. He will miss his 11th straight game tonight with the sore heel, and James Jones was asked about that too and said, hey, it's nothing more than that. It's just sore, but that was the explanation behind it. Um, and and to, to further that discussion, um, you know, the, the Phoenix Suns, the guys that are on the floor right now, the mm-hmm. way that they are competing and winning basketball games is extending Chris Paul's absence, in my opinion. If this team was rudderless without Chris Paul, I think there'd be a rush to get him back. Because if the first quarter of this NBA season has told us anything... Mm-hmm. There's a real possibility of this being a log jam the whole way. <laughs> now, it probably won't happen, but through 20 games, the bunching up of teams is unlike anything we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Nobody's really separating itself. The Suns, to a degree, you know, if they were floundering at under 500 at this point, I think Chris Paul would be on the floor. It they, might be. They have a little bit more leeway and the luxury to take their time with Chris Paul because of the way everybody else has handled their well, business. And, and the way they're competing and the way they're executing without key members available to this basketball team is what has gotten a lot of people's attention in a good way, from what I can tell. Um, and, and I think that's a tribute to, uh, obviously, to Devin Booker. I think it's it's been very reassuring, in my opinion, for people who've watched this basketball team to see the goofiness coming back out of DeAndre Ayton and Mikhail Bridges. There was the moment with that young fan where they were dancing with him, and that kind of, I think, kind of tapped back into that real powerful emotional attachment we have with the core of this basketball team. And and to see the, the, and the Cardinals and the Suns basically were in the same position coming into this year, a team that really kind of had to atone and explain and, 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 and flush a real traumatic postseason experience. Both of them had it. And both of them have handled their responses in completely contrasting ways. Now, granted, it's it's very early. Uh, I, 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 the Suns may start coming back to earth a little bit if, if if they continue to have prolonged absences from from Cam Johnson and Chris Paul. But I agree with you. I, I think Chris Paul is close. I, I think that the fact that they're winning games and executing at a really high level without him is a is a great great sign. Mm-hmm. And and what we're watching from Da. Uh, and we're going to get back into him very shortly, I, I think has really kind of been um, exciting for people because it, it just it, it shows it, it's proving that the in-house improvements of guys, homegrown guys, might be enough to mm-hmm. compensate for for not 
really adding significant significant pieces to the roster, at least in the minds of others. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because that was the thing. It's like, oh, they're counting on all these young players to get better. Is that really going to happen? Well, it can. We're seeing, and, well, we're seeing in, in this yeah. in this stretch. It's definitely happening happening uh, with DeAndre Ayton. James Jones was also asked about the the Jay Crowder situation, which continues to hang over this organization right now. Um, Jay Crowder, we didn't really touch on it, but one of his recent media po- uh, social media posts was um, basically footage of him and another player who's looking for work uh, in an empty gym getting up shots. And the caption said something like, just do the work, no excuses. And that got a reaction from Suns fans, mm-hmm. as it should have. Mm-hmm. It's frustrating. Here's James Jones on the Jay Crowder situation and saying it's not that out of the ordinary. No, this is more normal than you know. Um, it's just typically these conversations uh, happen behind the scenes. Um, it's just that he's not he's not currently playing. Um, and and so it's just it's, it's this is the business of, of basketball. It's the business of sports. It's the business of trades. Um, but you know that's that's the business we're in. I think a lot of people feel like okay, what happened behind the scenes when this was you know uh, occurring on the calendar? Could this have been avoided? Um, the sun still could come out smelling like a rose after all of this and. You know, Jake, James Jones was asked, hey, the longer this, this goes on, does it lessen the value? No, because everything's a fluid situation around the league. Somebody's going to get injured, and somebody's going to be looking for a veteran power forward that's going to compete for a playoff spot. Jake Crowder's got value. The Suns are trying to maximize that value right now. It doesn't make it any less frustrating when you think about a guy making $10 million to go shoot baskets in, a, in an empty gym on well, a daily basis. Let's, let's stop right there because I think this is one of the fascinating elements of this because James Jones yesterday was asked point blank, are you still paying him? And his answer was, yeah, I'm still paying him. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought about that and I thought, wow, that is really something because when you think about, when you think about what is really happening behind the scenes here, I think this is James Jones just basically saying, look, you don't want to be part of our culture. We're not going to let you be a, 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 a be a distraction or disrupt our culture. So you go on over there, but I'm going to keep paying you. So any any element on this basketball team that is sympathetic to Jay Crowder can't feel like the Suns are doing him dirty. Yeah. In fact, they're they're being extremely overly generous. And and so to me, it's you talk about 4D chess. There's some real there's some real Jedi mind tricks in this situation, man. Because if you're Jay Crowder and those checks are still coming in, what beef do you have, and with whom do you have it? It's it's fascinating to me because and and, and that also might be a function of not having an owner overseeing this thing on a day-to-day basis. I, I have a hard time believing Robert Sarver would be kind of cool with paying a guy like Jay Crowder all this money to do nothing. It's almost unprecedented it, it, for this to happen with a good team. Like We always bring up the John Wall situation and other yeah. situations like that where it's a, a young rebuilding team or an awful team. But with a championship contender for this to happen this long, that's, a, that, that's such a great point. The John Wall example, and that, that Jarrett's right, that's the one we point to. But John Wall was an established veteran player who found himself on a roster of youngsters in a rebuilding process. I was still frustrated by it from the outside. But what makes this one so weird is that Jay Crowder is not a star player. Mm-hmm. He's an established, respected role player who, wherever he's been, has come in and done his role, done all the little things to help his team win games. 
and the Phoenix Suns are still very much a contender. That's what just doesn't jive here. No. I don't know if we'll ever get the Jay Crowder explanation on why he turned sour on his role with this organization. Yeah. Uh, but it, 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 it makes you think. Well, yeah. No, I know. But I think in the end, I, the Suns are going to end up looking good about this because it's going to show them that we are so strong in terms of our culture and 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 where how our basketball team executes within that culture that you can just uh, you can be an integral part of this whole thing one day and then gone the next and everything is still rolling. And Monty Williams even joked about that yesterday. He said, listen, I, J- James Jones is done with me. I could walk on out of here and everything is fine. Mm-hmm. It's, so what I'm saying is is that this is really kind of the ultimate I, I don't know. It just it's Jay Crowder it, it perceptually is losing this one big time in my opinion. I think so. I I don't think there's any doubt I, about it. And I really believe if if Robert Sarver were still involved on a daily basis, I think his his banker sensibilities would not allow him to just pay a guy 10 million bucks to do nothing. But but James Jones knows there's value in doing this the way he's doing this. Mm-hmm. Like you said, four steps ahead, four, yeah. 40 chess, right? That's he's what you said, uh, right? Yeah, no, it's 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 an interesting thing. It really the, uh, is. Bud Light Super Bowl Music Fest in, uh, featuring three incredible nights of shows, including Imagine Dragons, Dave Matthews Band, and Paramore will be heading to Footprint Center from February 9th through the 11th. Tickets go on sale this Friday at 10, but you can head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win tickets. Coming up next, brace yourselves. We're talking World Cup and the U.S. moving on to the knockout round in a thrilling match uh, over Iran yesterday. Actually, we're not. We are eventually, <laughs> we though. Will. Yeah, we will be. Stay tuned. Why am I having so much trouble determining what time it is? <laughs> it's that post-Thanksgiving week fog. It's all right. We'll t- we'll- Coming up on the other that- side, that- we'll <laughs> dive into the Arizona Cardinals. There you go. Grab the wheel. There you go. <laughs> Weird that Jared's not grabbing the wheel and it's big. I appreciate yeah, the assistance, you know bro. I'm going to go take an Advil. <laughs> it's Pickley and Murata mornings here in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, I mean, you'd like to, you know, um, keep those guys healthy, uh, but it it just wasn't, you know, that's part of this league. It wasn't um, the way it was going to be this year, and and whoever goes in has to be able to play at a high level, and you got to be able to uh, maximize who they are as a player and and put them in positions to be successful and find ways to win games. That's that's the story of this league and the attrition you face, but um, we'll continue to try and do that these last five weeks. Cliff Kingsbury with Wolf and Luke on Monday, his weekly visit here on Arizona Sports following the loss to the Chargers on the subject that we talked a lot about this football season, and that is injuries have plagued the Arizona Cardinals. They are not alone on that front. Injuries, mm-hmm. as Cliff Kingsbury said, big part of this league. But the good teams overcome. The good teams overcome injury adversity. The good teams overcome in-game adversity. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals have not dealt well with that adversity. Uh, no. And I think... The spot where they're the most adverse right now is on the offensive line, obviously. And again, I got to tip my cap to what we saw from the offensive line on yeah, Sunday against stunning. the Chargers. That was not the reason they lost that football no, game. No, not at all. 
Uh, the yeah, there's uh, yeah, you can't argue with the stats. The Cardinals have more man games lost than any other NFL team. There are a lot of teams that have that are in that ballpark, but they are number one. So you have to acknowledge that. But but at the same time, there's the way you negate that is with quality depth. The way you negate that, um, uh, I don't know, is better fortune, I guess. I, I I find it kind of odd that this whole year has kind of been patterned on rest and recovery and and making sure that this team's fresh going down the stretch, and yet this team has been, you know, has been hit as hard by injury as any other team. So I I don't know if if there's any causality to the approach that they took. I don't know. Um, I do know this. I do know that this game on Monday night is going to be fascinating to me because of one uh, element. You you mentioned yesterday, and and the promo is running now, and I, I heard it yesterday, and I think it's a real good point you made, that when you look at the yards per game of this offense, that it was actually higher in Kyler Murray's first year with Cliff Kingsbury than it is now. They didn't have DeAndre Hopkins, right? And so, to me, that would be that would be something that if you were going to suggest that that Cliff's offense has grown grown stale and the NFL teams have figured it out, those are those are stats that would back that up. So, if that is the case, and now you're getting Bill Belichick coming in, who who sees weaknesses unlike anybody else in the NFL, mm-hmm. uh, this is a this is a game when the Cardinals better be at peak execution. To negate whatever that might look like. Yeah, and we know this. I mean, <clears throat> they'll be fresher. Just having the week off, um, I I can't stand, just from a consumer standpoint, I can't stand the late buy. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think having staggered buys um, is unfair to a lot of teams. I think you're right about that. I do. They but, should pick two weeks in the middle of the season, yep. and, and all the teams exactly. get one of those two weeks. Uh, I would be okay with that. Uh, and I would actually be... I've often kind of been in support of, hey, just shut the league down. After oh, nine weeks, they would never do mm, it. Can't do that. But that way you get no complaints. There's no unfair scheduling advantage. Well, with, they, with they the 17... It, they can't do it now with all these European games that they're doing. It, it complicates things. With the 17-game season, though, they can now do like week eight or week nine. That's why I think the two-week thing might might work. This is a very late bye week for the Cardinals. There's no doubt the about that. The latest they've ever had. And yeah, then it is... goes to Monday night. Well, and and then again, the Patriots are playing tomorrow night, so they're, they'll have a long week. So they've got a long week as well, but not as long as the Cardinals. So, so for two teams with playing a Thursday night football game this late in the season, both will be coming in with a modicum of rest, and that's that's interesting as well because we knew going into the Thursday night's game, which is the only home game this team has won this season. Um, we knew that that the, the the circumstances of that game was going to produce some weirdness, and we, we got it. Um, so I, I don't know. This is this is going to be interesting. This is given the fact that the the criticism of this regime is kind of spread to the national media in light of this Chargers loss. This is going to be an interesting night for the Cardinals to be on that big stage again. Yeah, uh, the, the big stage has not been... No. Well, I mean, they won their first game on the big stage on Thursday Night Football, and that was one of those must-win must, must win games mm-hmm. that we had kind of pinpointed going mm-hmm. into it, but, yeah, they won that game, and what did it turn into? Nothing. They've been This team has been completely unable to capitalize on any momentum they've had. 
I mean, which hasn't been a lot through twelve weeks to not string together two straight wins. Oof, that's and, that's rough. And, and that's kind of why last week's game was was such a, a a sucker punch for this team because you know outside of of the end game situations, they had put together a fairly sturdy game in a lot of different areas. Starting with, as you said, the offensive line. Starting with James Conner's productivity, which was the best it's been in a long, long time. Starting with the assimilation of Hollywood Brown back into the offense, and and I thought for a while for a while Kyler was looking good, um, but it, none of it really got sustained, and then it got stolen at the end, and that's that's a difficult thing emotionally for this team to have to overcome. Yes, uh, Cliff Kingsbury also said Monday, hey, the bye week and got time to tinker a little bit, think things through. We're going to see anything new offensively? No, I mean I think you know we'll continue to if Rondell is back, I mean get him back involved and um, you know may we'll see how uh, James is feeling may get Keontae more involved there but um, we'll continue to try and maximize you know the personnel we have and uh, I thought we ran the ball um, decently yesterday which was good thought we played physical up front um, wasn't always pretty but um, you know had some nice runs and nice gains and so we'll try to build off that yeah those gains certainly uh, dwindled uh, on the ground, the, the running game kind of shut down at a certain point. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of that had to do with predictable yeah. situational play calling. Yeah. Hey, yeah. we're going to run on first down, throw on second. Yeah, yeah they got trapped up in yeah. that and I badly. Think, I think the Chargers took advantage of that. But to that point about you know maybe getting Rondale Moore back, and, and we've talked about not having the full complement of receiving weapons all season long. I'm curious. I, I mean... I don't necessarily view that as a plus. It sounds weird for me to say that, mm-hmm. but Cliff Kingsbury, um, from uh, as a tactician uh, on game day, it seems like when he's got a lot of toys to play with, he doesn't involve all the toys. Is that fair? Yeah, it is fair. Yes, when yes, I've I've kind of noticed that as well. I I do think that um, simplicity. He struggles with simplicity when things are going well. He makes it unnecessarily creative. Cute is the word. That's kind of a recurring thing, uh-huh. and that that's also in terms of patterns. Max Starks was the one that kind of noted that seems to happen more at home with this team than on the road. Yeah, and, and maybe it's the comfort of being at home. Maybe it's the you're on the road. You know, there's much less margin, or you feel. There's less margin for error. I don't know what it what it means or what it happens to be. I, I do think there's some comfort in this game against the Patriots from the fact that you're pretty pretty well convinced that that offense isn't going to blow you off the field. Oh, you, it, well, <laughs> you feel that way going in. Yeah, right. And and again, it's you, you you very often in this league tend to get exactly what you don't expect. But <laughs> but but I do think that this is going to be a defensive minded kind of game. And so I do think that the Cardinals will have their chance. They're going to have to play physical, and and I think Cliff is right about that. I think early on in this game against the Chargers, that was one of my main takeaways, that the Cardinals' pass rush was winning the line of scrimmage against the Chargers, mm-hmm. which surprised me because the Chargers have, have pass-protected Justin Herbert fairly well, so they won that battle particularly early on. And then offensively for most of the game, the Cardinals' offensive line for having one real starter among them did a real, real good job at, at, at playing physical. And sometimes that's just what it takes, is just 
winning those battles up front. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And it's you know, Josh Jones is getting great grades coming out of this thing. Um, it, it, so it's I all think, a blessing in disguise. Well, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far because it because it because it kind of fell apart on him at the end because oh, because the Chargers kind of figure out okay, I, we see the patterns here. We know what they're doing on first down, and and it's and they kind of brought their defense up, and that's why if there's any regret about the play calling, again, it's 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 why the execution in these end game situations has to be better. Is you juxtapose that Seattle game to this game, and you saw what Seattle did on first down when the Cardinals had a chance and everything's on their side. They do the play action, boom, they hit. The, oh no, the boot, the boot. We talked about the boot. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. Remember that? Okay, so that's I mean that's that's the kind of play you got to dial up. In that situation. Yes. And it didn't happen. It, so No, it didn't. And here we are at four and eight. Yeah. With everybody in Cabo. Uh, coming up Three, next. Three, two, one. I teased it prematurely, but we will get into the United States World Cup All win. Right. The Americans moving on to the round of 16 in Qatar. That's straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata mornings. Back for the captain, Tyler Adams. Austin McKay, Des making a big run. It's been for him. Des is snuck in behind. Des in the middle. Pulisic scores! Might have paid the price, but the U.S. takes the lead. Might have paid the price. That was uh, Fox Sports on the call. The one goal. The United States beats Iran. one nothing in a must-win game. They needed the three points to move on in Group B. Mm-hmm. They got the three points. That goal came in the 38th minute. And, uh, look, there's a faction of people <clears throat> every World Cup when it rolls around. They mm-hmm. try to give soccer a try, and they're like, that's ah, just not for me. There's not enough scoring. I will say it was for a game that had one goal and minimal scoring chances for... Both teams. Iran barely put any pressure on in the first half, and the United States barely put any pressure on in the second half. Yeah. That is tense sports viewing, especially when they got to stoppage time and you see that number nine go up there. Mm Mm-hmm. You're like this is going to be a, a, a you know a low scoring, albeit, but a thrill ride for nine minutes. That was that was gripping television yesterday. The, uh, I, I've said this before about the sport of playoff hockey. When your team is nursing a one goal lead in the final couple minutes, oh. and the other team pulls the goalie, and it's an avalanche of shots on goal uh-huh. and near misses, and it, by the end of it, you feel like you've been through a ringer. Mm-hmm. That's what yesterday felt like, and there was this odd dynamic that yesterday a tie would be quite literally a loss for Team USA. It would. And and a tie, and they're getting on a plane and coming home, and so that that end game scenario when the when the final minutes of extra play had expired and the players just collapsed on the field, that was that was something else. It was quite a scene. It was. Uh, I'm real happy that they're one of the remaining 16 teams uh, to advance in this thing because you know it's for me. I've slowly grown to really enjoy. Big event soccer, I I can't quite find the same interest to, like, the MLS, if you will. But when it's played at that level, when every action is elite... It's it's spellbinding to me. Mm-hmm. It, it's real. I've really grown to love this when you get the best of the best playing this sport and every little position, possession, and every advance and retreat and back and forth. And it's done at such an incredible athletic level. It, it, this stuff you can see why this event is just money. 
Yeah, and uh, you'll talk about money. A player who had a lot of pressure on him going into this tournament was Christian Pulisic, who four years ago, the United States not qualifying for the World Cup was seen as a huge step back in his career. Hey, America's finally produced maybe this generational talent Mm -hmm. in soccer. Mm -hmm. And they can't say that very often in, in the sports history in this country. So to not be in the World Cup and him to play on that stage was was really detrimental. Mm -hmm. But coming in, you know, him being the focal point of this team, this and this is the youngest World Cup team in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, for him to come up big in that situation, man, and he's had a, he's had a rough go well, in, in his Premier League season over at Chelsea. Uh, can't find consistent playing time. There's been a coaching change. He wrote a book. It was kind of weird, weirdly timed. Where he's talking I didn't about know the, that. Yeah, he Christian talk- Pulisic wrote a book. Yeah, <laughs> about his experience in Chelsea while he's okay. still there. Wow. Um, but. Um, you you mentioned it before the splash today. Is this a star is born kind of thing? It, it felt like it was a star is born kind of moment in kind of a funny pelvic contusion kind of way. And I know the soccer crowd is saying he's a star. We know usually the funniest kind of way to for the casual <laughs> for the casual viewer of the World uh, Cup. Right. is Christian Pulisic right. now a household name? Yeah. It, it, now it, is it Pulisic? It's Pulisic, right? It's not Pulisic. It's Pulisic. That's something we should probably get to know before we declare it's him the Iran next big star. It, oh, whatever. I thought it was Pulisic. Okay, but. Okay, whatever. Um, it, yeah, I I've always thought it was the other, but it, it, that's that's irrelevant. What what is what is relevant is whether or not that actually is what happened yesterday because it was it, because that that match had a ton of heat going into it. And you know what? Backing away from this thing, I the way the team USA handled everything from that pre-match press conference with that Iranian reporter who was stirring stuff up to the way that this team showed sportsmanship on the field yesterday it was it was real clear to me that team USA wanted to go over there and and really kind of be on their best behavior as well mm-hmm. if you yeah. if if you that's the way it looked to me uh i agree with that it wasn't nearly as there was the built-in soccer tension, um, the stuff that we kind of maybe hinted at yesterday, the geopolitical stuff creeping right. through. Yeah, I don't think that really, not on the pitch, it didn't r- really appear that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I give you a pet peeve of mine while watching the game, though? Sure. By the way, I think soccer, from a viewing standpoint, is tremendous because there's no commercial breaks. Oh, it's unreal. It's isn't fantastic. Yeah. But th- did you watch the Fox broadcast? I did. I know a lot of people wa- do prefer to watch the Telemundo broadcast. I got a buddy who, who watches this. Is that right? He, he doesn't even speak Spanish, but he watches the Spanish broadcast. But the play-by-play guy, and I shame on me for not looking it up. Um, after the United States scored, so Pulisic scores in the 38th minute. There's a lot of, of match left. He said several times... An Iran goal would send the Americans home. There was like 60 minutes of soccer to be played. Wow. He kept saying it like that. I'm like, yeah, well, if they, if they score and if there's no other scoring, that's the case. It, I mean, he just kept saying it over and over again. It was just building the tension. There was enough tension, <laughs> but he was unnecessarily uh-huh. building it up even more. Uh-huh. I don't know. It just got, okay. under, got under my skin. No, a no, bit. I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, the color commentator for the match. I saw your tweet. I, on listen, that. I, I when I started watching soccer, when I started watching the World Cup early on, I really thought that was Mary Carrillo, who does a lot of Wimbledon. They sound almost identical. <laughs> it's crazy. 
So, uh, and again, I think that um, the numbers that the World Cup has done so far, they've been staggering. The the weekend sport television numbers over Thanksgiving weekend. Especially for the Fox staggering. Network. Staggering, yeah, yes. With the football and, yes. and the World Cup combined. Yes. Yeah, they had a great weekend. It's, and they had Michigan-Ohio State. Right. Yeah. So they've just had just one big bonanza audience after another, after another, after another. And I'm curious to see where this Team USA thing goes from here with this. Yeah. You know? I was, um, you know... Middle of the week, a Tuesday at noon in Phoenix, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Everybody I knew was glued to that match. So they're doing something right. And yeah. I'm looking forward to Saturday uh, when they take on the Netherlands in the round of 16. Coming up next, oh, our favorite player outside of Phoenix in the NBA, Patrick Beverly. Oh, boy. He's at it again. I'll oh tell boy. you what Pat Bev had to say on his three-game suspension coming up. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.